welcome to Hair Raising Heathens, the panel for all things drag, horror, and beyond. I'm your host, Michael Verratti. Some of you may know me from Dead for Filth, a podcast dedicated to queer horror. I am excited to introduce to you today a terrifying trio that really needs no introduction. But I'm going to anyway, because that's why you're here. Uh, first up, we have a drag legend, a cult impresario, a filmmaker whose acclaimed stage shows have traveled the world, allowing fans across the globe to worship the altar of drag, horror, and cult cinema. She's truly a queen who is all about evil. Please welcome Peaches Christ. Hi. <laughs> Next up, she's instantly iconic from the moment she walked out of the graveyard and onto our TVs. She's a drag superstar whose melding of fright and ferocity captured the hearts of millions. She's toured the world, released multiple hit albums, and of course, is the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4. Please welcome Sharon Needle! for who's coming up next. <laughs> and on that note, what do I say about the next superstar? You could say a lot. <laughs> exactly. With multiple TV shows, albums, live shows, two feature films to her name, these credits barely scratch the surface of her impact. She's an influence to any spooky kid, and it's not Halloween without her. Please welcome the mistress of the dark, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira! Elvira, you sit wherever the fuck you want to sit, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just put it down. Oh my god, it's not mine. <gasps> well, welcome everyone, and welcome all of you. Thanks. Uh, normally I would kick things off and ask you all why horror, but I think we know why horror. But now I want to dig into instantly, why do you think horror and drag connect? This is one for all of you. And then is, I'm, is there a wrong and right answer? No. What, how does it connect with you? Well, me? Like, um, yeah. Oh, God. Well, there horror is no and God. drag. <laughs> uh, you use a lot of makeup in both? <laughs> I, I would say that they connect because drag and horror, to me, are both um, extreme things. And we are attracted to things that are extreme and over the top. And so, you know, I like my makeup to look like Bozo the Clown. And I want my movies to be splattered with gore. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I like the movie Showgirls because it's a drag horror movie, you know? That's for sure. I always say it was the scariest. They say, what's your scariest horror movie? And I was like, Showgirls. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I think the scariest movie I ever saw was season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. Ah! <laughs> 
Well, I guess you won't be going back anytime soon. <laughs> now, Peaches and Sharon, both of you have cited Elvira as a prime influence in the development of your drag characters. What is it for two queer kids watching television and seeing this voluptuous, beautiful woman that drew you to her and informed your characters? Well, I can say that um, I grew up in the 80s and I grew up in a small town called Newton, Iowa. This better be good. It's... <laughs> I was setting an emotional arc to that all my <laughs> I, I mean, I grew up in a very small town where I had a huge imagination, but I grew up in a very great place and where people didn't understand me. And the 80s was a great era. I mean, before we had this great show called RuPaul's Drag Race, we had my era, which was the 80s, that created celebrities that were almost like cartoons. We had Elvira, and we had Pee Wee Herman, and we had <laughs> Peggy Bundy, and we had these over-the-top characters that looked the same all the time and took that extreme of beauty and comedy to the fullest. And um, I always say I had two loving parents, but my most important parent that I had was I was raised by a television set, and I thank you so much for being there for me when I was a kid, because... Thank you, wow. Good answer. I, I mean, I really could echo everything Sharon said. And I think, too, it's that thing of, like, looking back on things and not knowing just how fucking gay I was forever. And you? That, like, what? Yes, I was gay. Like, always, as now a fetus. I was me. a gay fetus. And, uh, <laughs> and being obsessed with Elvira... Um, I, you know, I had her posters in my bedroom. I watched her TV show um, all the time, and, and and I bet your mom was so happy you were straight. She probably was. It would probably oh, gave her a God, little bit Elvira of hope. Oh, thank God, Elvira hanging on yeah. the wall, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Cassandra and I've done a bunch of conventions together where it's very obvious. They don't know that. Who, who, <laughs> no, I'm saying to her, to her, where you're either a guy who grew up uh, loving Elvira one way which is my way, the wigs, the makeup, the outfit, the glamour, the, the sass, the funnies, or you were like sexually awoken by her breasts. There's, there's two type of people in the world, ones that want to be Elvira and the other ones who want to fuck her. Exactly, thank you. Why not both? Yeah. I am Why not both? Oh, it's happened. No. <laughs> Now, Cassandra, they, uh, Sharon and Peaches just spoke a little bit about how your character informed their drag identities. In the past, you have acknowledged that to you, Elvira is a drag personality that you initially developed at the Groundlings. Would, would you like to tell me how you developed your drag identity? Oh, well, my drag identity uh, came along way before the Groundlings. Oh. Um, I don't know if any of you heard this story, but I actually worked in a drag club when I was, let's see, how old was I, 14 or 15. I got asked to be at Colorado Springs at a club called the Purple Cow, and they, they invited Isn't me to Isn't that what they call you? <laughs> oh, that's... Yes, that's my nickname, Purple Cow, and, no, and I'm proud and of it. I got invited to be a go-go dancer there for whatever reason, I guess because it was right on the edge of the Fort Carson Army Base, so they figured a few straight people would, you know, filter in. And uh, one night, uh, I was with 
my, the two drag queens there were Tawny Tan and Mr. Bobby. And there was an, another one who got sick and couldn't show up, so they asked me to be in the Supremes, which was the act they did. So I took over that night for the other drag queen who didn't make it there. And not only was I a girl dressed as a girl, <laughs> I was going, but I was in blackface. Okay. That wouldn't work today. Unbelievable. I had to be because the other drag queen was black. And so I had to be black and a girl being a girl. I, I don't know I how it black. happened, but anyway, that is where I started my drag career, I think, really. Uh, I was, I always say I was raised by wild drag queens. Everybody in my life that I knew, even back then, was a drag queen, and they taught me how to walk, how to do my makeup, how to dress. I mean, well, you can see what happened now, but it had such a huge influence on me. And, and I mean, I've been around drag queens my whole entire life. I can't get away from them. So they keep following me. So you were a performer me. at 14? <laughs> At 14, I was a go-go girl. Was Bill Cosby there? <laughs> he hadn't been born yet. <laughs> oh, God. Ah! So Elvira was basically born out of a queer scene in a way. Absolutely. I, I mean, I was in a band called Mama's Boys that toured the country for four and a half years. I was Mama, and I had seven boys. They were all gay, of course. And they, they were also ones telling me, you know, wear this, walk like this, Mary, put your freaking makeup on and get your ass out there. Right. I mean, every day. And I was like, really? What? And, uh, and you know, it obviously had a big influence on me. But we, we played uh, clubs all over the U.S. And it was a very popular gay disco era band. And, uh, a lot of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything well working, else. <laughs> working in the world of horror, I think that all of us see that there's such a queer connection to it. And I'm wondering, for each of you, what do you think the queer draw to this genre, and how has it shaped your individual identities? Well, as Peaches, it's good you put this panel back on track. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, I mean, again, it goes back to loving Elvira and spooky things and being attracted to extremes. But I also think there's a connection to feeling alienated and bullied and other when you're a young person uh, to, to, I mean, let's face it, Carrie is an allegory for so many of us where the fucking weirdo gets her revenge and I wanted to be Carrie, you know? Um, so I loved all those movies, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Night of the Living Dead, anything spooky that could help me sort of exercise the daily horror of surviving Catholic school, you know, um, was, was important to me. At the time, I thought I was the only queer person who liked horror, you know. Um, it wasn't until later where I realized, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. A lot of queer people love the genre. Um, so I think there's a real deep connection there for a lot of us. I did too. I, it was odd. I was um, not, not a queer person, but I felt like one, and I was uh, very weird. Thank you. I was uh, very... Uh, I, I loved horror when I was a kid, and I'm talking a long, long time ago. This is like the, ah, you know, way before anybody was born. <laughs> the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. The 1890s. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was uh, like just a geek. An outcast, and I loved horror, and nobody else at my school or 
my sisters or anybody got that. But I was, they were having, playing with Barbies and I was playing with little, you know, uh, statues that I'd get of, of the mummy and Frankenstein. And my favorite thing was to go see Vincent Price and, you know, all that, Roger Corman, uh, all those movies. And I just, I don't know what happened. I saw House on the Haunted Hills and I was just boing, boing, boing. That's what I loved. It was just like that. So I was a geek and an outcast. So I think that's what got me into hanging out with other geeks and outcasts, which at that time were queers, you know? Yeah. I mean, they really were, oh my God, in Colorado Springs, you know, it's like, there was no gay scene, there was no anything, they were hiding out in a little club, and I thought, these are my peeps, you know? <laughs> and even though they weren't into horror, we had this connection that was like, we don't fit in. And that's, right. that's how I got there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened and, to you. Well, but... <laughs> I think, like, if you think of, like, the franchise killers, like, um, like Jason or Michael Myers, they were always the damaged goods that returned for the revenge. And if you watch horror movies, it's never the freak or the queer kid who's getting it. It's the fucking cheerleader and the jock. And, <laughs> and nothing gave me more happiness And to see them slowly be tortured. <laughs> Wes Craven famously said that we don't go to horror movies for fear, we go to horror movies for catharsis. And I think for a lot of queer people, there is an access point because horror movies are the genre of otherness. And who understands otherness more than queer people? And I think that what you all are speaking to and me. is this, uh, <laughs> and, but you're the queen. You are the queen of the other. Look at all these people. I think that each of you highlighted moments from your life about how you found your place within this world. So I want to know, for people who put the roots down, who felt like Carrie, but then rose up like Carrie and created your own identities, how has your relationship with the genre changed, if at all, as you have grown and developed your characters and become? Hmm. You start. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm a horror okay, like queen. Uh, I'm the same horror queen that I was when I started. Um, I will say that I think the genre has lost a little bit of its magic. Um, uh, I, I like... I like my movies to be scary, but also campy and fun for everyone. So, you know, I'm a fan of like Sleepaway Camp and Return of the Living, or Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Demons. I'm an 80s child through and through. And though I'll always love horror movies, I will say they've lost a little bit of their, a little bit of Although, their sparkle. Like Get Out was pretty fabulous. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Uh, and also, uh, how about All About Evil? Yes. <laughs> Have you guys hey, seen All About Evil that Peaches directed and <laughs> yeah. wrote? I'm, I'm in. Written and directed by Peaches Christ, oh, starring this one right here. If you haven't seen it, for God's sake, find it. Where, where is it playing now? Is it somewhere? Uh, it's NBC Universal has it, so if you have their channels. But we're doing, we're actually doing a deal now, so that it's finally going to come on Netflix and Amazon and all of that. Finally. Uh, so, yes, so yeah. you'll be able to see it at home soon. And of course, we can't talk about the golden age of horror films, which was the 80s, and not talk about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which, which, 
geniusly mixed stupidity. And it was, it was funny, it was glamorous, and it was scary. And Elvira, can I ask you, what perfume are you wearing? Is that catch of the day? <laughs> and how is it. your head? Uh, haven't had any complaints lately. Thank you. Take that, Miss Fame. <laughs> so, how about you? Your relationship uh, with horror. Yeah, what was the question? Oh, yeah, how, my relationship with horror. And how it's changed over the years. How it's changed. Well, I gotta say, I love the old, old, cheesy horror, as you may have guessed, you know. And that's the things that I hosted that are not from the 80s, but are more from the 50s and 60s. And I just have such a sweet spot for those. I mean, if I want to, like, go to bed and have good dreams and feel good and feel peaceful. Uh. I put on some old Roger Corman piece of trash and watch it because I've got such good memories of it as a kid. And, you know, everybody's getting locked up and, you know, like bricked into, a, you know, uh, the wall where they die and all that. But it's so sweet. Like I mean, many of our exes. Exactly. Yes. Oh, I wish. Uh, anyway, it, I just have... a. That, to me, I mean, I love that horror. They're really, it's like old ghost stories around the campfire when you were a right. Girl Scout, which I'm sure you all were, like me. <laughs> I was a Girl Scout till I was 16, and I was a go-go dancer at the same time. How do you do that? It's so weird. What's Elvira's favorite Girl Scout cookie? Oh, <laughs> well, the one's made out of Girl Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> You can borrow that. So I, I have to ask, because we spoke about how you both were very much inspired by Elvira. And Elvira mentioned a hero of hers, Vincent Price. And, you, and I have to, since I have you here, ask, because you got to meet with him and work with him, didn't you? I did, many times. And that, that was beyond thrilling, because as a kid, I just didn't even think he really existed. And then the next thing I know, he somehow came on my movie Macabre show. We asked him if he would come on, and we couldn't believe that he did because he was pitching a play that he was in. So he said, if I can mention my play, and I said, you could do the whole show about your play. <laughs> and then we got to know each other, and then what turned out is every time he would be on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show or any other TV show, they would have me on it. Every time he received an award or went to a benefit, they would have me give the award, and pretty soon we were seeing each other all the time. I, I always tell people how he taught me how to make fish in the dishwasher, yes. uh, because he was a great cook. But we got to be very, very friendly. I have several letters he wrote me as he got older. Um, you know, I just found out something just a few, well, a couple months ago now, but um, I was supposed to do the thriller voice the, in Michael Jackson's movie. Yeah, an article came out, and I ran into Michael Jackson many years ago, obviously, because he said, and he said, <laughs> and he went, he went, oh my God, Alvaro, I love you, you were supposed to be in Thriller. And I was like, I was? <laughs> and then an article, which I have in a magazine, said that Michael Jackson chose me to be in Thriller, everybody was all down with Elvira doing the voice, but um, who was producing it? Uh, uh, Quincy, uh, Jones. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Mm -hmm. Quincy Jones' wife and Vincent Price's wife were best friends. And Quincy Jones said, Vincent needs to do it, which I'm thrilled he did it. I mean, my God. Uh, uh. But, you know, but still, I'm like, you know, come on. Uh, 
Anyway, but, but we, it, it became a great friendship over the years. I, I just adored him. He was the nicest, sweetest, funniest man. I always told him, you should have been a comedian because... You are the funniest damn guy I've ever met. So, anyway, that's my Vincent Price story. Oh, that's so long. Okay. Now, and people, and yes, give it up for Miss Elvira. Now, that's a little piece of, uh, you know, herstory that we didn't get, but how many people love 80s movies in here, which I'm sure there's a lot of you. Um, how many people caught that Elvira is actually in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure? She's. She had one line and she said, I think you should let me have them first. Yeah, oh. I'm the I luckiest woman in the go. world. I, I got to beat up Pee Wee and who wouldn't love to do that? <laughs> so you've all talked about how horror shaped you and how your relationship with horror has changed. And I am wondering, for individuals who are so enamored with the world of fright and scares, what scares you? Mm, you start, Peaches. Well, I love, I mean, I actually still that relationship question, I was actually thinking about it, and it's like, I still love going to horror movies, and I still get scared at them. I still, like, have a reaction to them. But what, I guess, I mean, this is such a cheesy, cliched, you know, uh, answer, but I can't handle, um, like, the realities of war and things like that. So, like, movies like The Hurt Locker are, like, too intense for me often. Uh, if it's, like, if it's a real intense, serious war movie, I'll have nightmares about it. And I think that's why I like horror movies, because zombies and Freddy Krueger and all this fantastic stuff, I knew it was imaginative. I knew it was something someone had created, because I can't deal with real awful shit. You know, I don't even like gore. If someone cuts their finger, I'm like, ew, you know. <laughs> but meanwhile, you know, I'll make a movie where people are, you know, having their heads cut off or whatever. And, and look at what you're wearing. I mean, yeah, come I on. Say, <laughs> your, your tits look great today. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, stuff like that, real stuff, really bothers me. How about you, Sharon? Um, I guess I think the scariest thing currently with culture is... Um, people's obsession with documenting everything about their lives. <laughs> Social media really freaks me out. The fact that there's a camera in every device. Um, I like when people create and do, but what terrifies me is when people need the validation of a thumb up or a smiley emoji or a like or a friend request to, to uh, validize their existence because I am... Because I'd rather see what people can create and not what they want to promote. Because it's a beautiful world out there, and I really think people are missing out on. And uh, and I'm just and my biggest fear is just uh, people that I really care about dying. Mm -hmm. Like if anything happened to Alvaro or Amanda Lepore, I would just go crazy. <laughs> Please don't die. <laughs> well, I'm doing my best. I'll be right behind you. And what's my you? Scariest thing, panels like this. <laughs> wow. I don't I know. I don't, I don't have anything in particular that really, really scares me. I, I don't know. I've sort of always been... I don't know. I think if you even ask friends that I know, I'd, I don't know. Nothing scares me. <laughs> because probably because I'm not that scared of death. Not that I want to die tomorrow, like you said. But, uh, you know, if you aren't really terrified about dying, uh, what's there to be afraid of? All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I think we should probably acknowledge that we have Donald Trump as a president oh, and nothing thing. could oh, be God, scarier that than me. that. that and me. so we need more horror movies right now yes. to deal with this shit storm we're living every day. That is scary. 
Well, before I open it up to audience questions, because I know there will be some, uh, let, let's talk about horror movies or projects or what you're working on to keep scaring all these fine people. What's coming up next for each of you? What's on the horizon that you can talk about? Um, well, I have a couple horror things. One is I'll be in Provincetown all summer, which is truly uh, scary. Which is scary. Uh, I'll be there with Jinx, so that's a, a horror movie. No, uh, I'm actually doing a show with Jinx, but I'm also um, Provincetown in the winter time is basically um, desolate and closed and, and and you know snow covered. So Varla Jean Merman and I are doing a two woman show about staying there over the winter called The Whining, and. Uh, <laughs> And it is so stupid. I mean, we're co-writing it and literally laughing about how stupid it is. So I don't know how well it's going to do. Um, and then, I'll be there. And uh, Yes, you will. will. Uh, then, then the big thing I have is uh, I've partnered with a, group, a couple of business uh, folks in San Francisco, um, David Flower and Nonplus Ultra, to, to launch a big new business called Into the Dark, where I'm writing and directing my first ever haunted house in San Francisco. Uh, in October. So that happened, it's 20, 22 shows in uh, October and you walk through it and it's a play that I'm writing but people will jump out and grab you and scare you and all of that, so. And it's at the San Francisco Mint, which is a big historic building downtown. So, into the dark SF. They're gonna grab people? Yeah, we're opti you That's have an opt-in option for interactivity. So if you w are okay with being touched or pulled away from your group or being stuck in a vault, you can um, opt-in for that. There <laughs> might be... Yes, just like the waiver you all vault. signed to be in here, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what's next what for you, Sharon? Oh, uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm currently on my world tour for my new album, Battle Axe, <laughs> Which is the darkest uh, record I've ever written. I always say my first record, PG-13, was written by a, a, a toddler who was given everything. Uh, my second record, Taxidermy, was written by someone who, uh, you know, went through love lost and, and, and love regained because, as you may know, I, me and Alaska didn't make it, though if I knew she was gonna make that much money, I probably would have stuck with her a little longer. <laughs> and... Dying. Um, but right now, I'm currently touring for my uh, uh, new record, Battle Axe, and we'll be pushing that all the way up into Halloween. My new video, 666, will be out on June 8th. Um, we're going straight into production for the video for Black Licorice. And then, of course, comes Halloween, and it's really hard to find terrifying costumes because I have to reinvent myself, and I don't think I can outdo my terrifying costume last year when I went as Jeffree Star. <laughs> Uh, well, besides working... Oh, hi, oh, Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides working on my autobiography, which I've been working on for the last hundred years and will continue to work on for the rest of my life, probably, um, I have a project right now that I'm very soon going to be pitching, which I'm really excited about. I'm not going to talk too much about it. I've, you guys have heard about it because I've been working on it for a hundred years, too. But uh, coming up soon, if you know, keep my fingers crossed, an animated uh, Elvira television show, which I'd be so excited about. It'd be, uh, you know, the 
first of all, it'd be the first female animation series that female, uh, you know, starring in an animation series based on a female, which like there aren't any. Um, we we think of it kind of as uh, that ghoul or you know the the fa Adam's Family guy kind of that. Nobody laughed at any of those. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's, it's sort of like this: Spooky and uh, Elvira. And, and anyway, we're going to be uh, hopefully coming to a television set near you very soon. Well, I think everyone would tune into that, right? Yeah. And I look so awesome in animation. Really young and hot. That's. I know. I don't have to show up. Is animation the best way to do drag? Hell yes. <laughs> animation and radio. Oh yeah. Uh, well, how about some audience Q&A? I know you have, please, we have a microphone if you could line up and ask questions. I do ask as your moderator to please just make sure your question ends with a question mark. And uh, from there we can go. So uh, you, you, please come down and, yeah, yeah, we, we want to be able to hear you. Uh, well, both of you, just. Yeah. All of yeah. you. Yeah, come line up at the microphone uh -oh. and we'll. A stampede. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any tips for queens that are starting up on how to incorporate special effects or gore into your uh, drag, like what you did today? I mean, hire someone good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I cannot take uh, credit for this. Uh, a, a, a fantastic uh, makeup person, Drew Talbot, who uh, was one of the finalists on the show Face Off, if you've seen that show, actually showed up at my Airbnb at eight in the morning and started hammering these nails into my head. Um, so I don't have those skills. Now, Sharon has very conveniently uh, gotten uh, into a relationship with someone who's brilliant at this thing. So that's Funny another option. Funny how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When in doubt, just throw a whole bunch of more blood on it. Yeah. <laughs> hi. Uh, he's just hi. It's me, Skip. Hi, Skip. Listen, when I was getting ready for DragCon yesterday, Friday, they had Beetle. I mean, uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands on TV, and I always read the Internet Movie Database background of movies when I watch them. And I read that at part it was written to be a musical, and I was just wondering, have you ever considered doing uh, Edward Scissorhands as your show, or even? The musical I got one better show. for you for Peaches. Alyssa Edwards Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> Back rolls. I can't do the noise, <laughs> but you Thank you. We actually, believe it or not, I've done so many drag parody shows that we've actually done Edward Scissorhands. Oh, okay. So, um, but it was called The Nightmare We Call Christmas. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it yeah, was yeah. a Tim Burton send-up. It was a drag show that was a bunch of Tim Burton movies, but mostly it was Edward Scissorhands. Okay. Yeah. And when are you doing Elvira, Mistress of the Dark? Well, we've talked Whenever about that. Whenever she books me. <laughs> Elvira, I would love to do that. It's you guys would. Oh, thank you. You guys would come see a I mean, drag parody of Elvira, so Mistress of the Dark, right? <laughs> thank you. remake a horror movie and star in it, either as a serial killer or the victim, which would it be for all of you? Do you guys all hear the questions? Yeah. She wants to know if they could remake any horror movie and star as either the killer or the victim, which would they choose and who would they be? Well, I always choose the killer. Right? <laughs> a particular one? I don't know. It'd be some old, uh, old 50s thing, you know. Um, 
maybe there was an amazing movie called Peeping Tom. Uh, I oh, yeah. Don't, have you ever seen that by That's the really same person that did uh, The Red Shoes? Such an amazing, creepy movie. And I, I really don't generally like that kind of thing. But back then, it still has a little bit of an innocence, you know, because it's kind of low budget and all that. So, so maybe I'd pick that one, and, you know, and I would definitely be the killer. I don't want to be a victim ever, ever, for anything. <laughs> I would remake The Baby, which was a 1977 <laughs> horror movie about a mother who forced her 25-year-old son to stay an infant. Um, <laughs> You need to check it out. So I'm good. really good in a diaper. But um, I also might remake Shh, the Octopus. <laughs> I haven't seen that it one. It is terrible. Oh my God, I can't wait. I, can't wait. I, I actually uh, have started to think that because I write and direct these parody shows and uh, we travel with them, but we can't get them out, um, we can't go everywhere, that one of the ones I would really maybe love to do a movie version of is... Uh, Sharon and I did The Silence of the Trans a few years ago. And I, and I'd fuck me. Yeah. She was Buffalo Jill, and I was Tranable Lecter. And, uh, you, know, we, we, you know, it was about the fact that there was a, a, a killer on the loose killing all the nation's top drag queens so we could murder all the drag queens we want to murder in the movie. So you got saved then. I was, in, I was already in prison. I was, that was a oh, bad joke, sorry. Excuse okay. me, I didn't even get your read till like two <laughs> seconds later. <laughs> Cassandra, oh my God. Elvira, what are you doing Hi, Elvira. here? Elvira. Hi, ladies and Dobermans. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say, holy crap to this panel. These people being on a panel today, can we give them a huge round of applause? Honestly, my three biggest inspirations in one table. That's oh, crazy to me. You um, need to get out more. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, my question... This is really short. I'm going to hold this. Um, yeah, take control. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I forgot my question. Okay, hold on. Rewind. Um, for a little goth kid in a small town, what is your advice to, you know, try to not completely like meet the masses, but at least to, you know, try to get yourself out there. And cause I mean, Sharon, you know, for a fact, being goth is hard. <laughs> we got to make America goth again. I know we really do. <laughs> so what advice do you guys have for a little goth queen just trying to, you know, get out there a little bit more? Well, I think this is a great one for Elvira because you are clearly dressed well, yeah. as her. <laughs> I, I got I, I to say, she came up and showed me a picture of her when she was 13 with me. Yeah, and, and that was so cute. I mean, that's happening to me a lot lately. People come up and they're two years old sitting on my lap and now they have like seven children and they're... <laughs> grandparents, Sorry. you know. And they're like, oh, I was only two when I sat on your lap, now I'm 74. How's that happen? <laughs> I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, I sort of grew up a little goth kid in, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. You don't want to be a goth kid there. Yeah. It doesn't get much uh, more Republican than that. No, it doesn't get much more Republican or much more religious. Oh, lordy. So, uh, and yeah, my advice would be hide, run. <laughs> no, my advice was I, I got out of town as soon as I could, you know, uh, and moved to the big city, you know, where, uh, and a lot of big cities, but, but it was hard being like that there, you know. I was teased and bullied as a kid, as you can tell probably from Mistress of the Dark. I, that's kind of where I got the whole idea from it, was my hometown and how I felt when I was growing up there. Um, 
and yeah, I was, you know, called a slut and a whore by everybody in school because I had big boobs, you know, I happen to have those. And so immediately that makes you a whore, just in case you don't know. Yeah, why is that? You That's so rude, honestly. Just, yeah, I know. I don't know. It's like you grow them, you can't help it. And you should you, take all of that stuff and make it an asset. I went to Catholic school. I was told I was going to hell because I was gay. I became Peaches Christ, and I said, fuck you to the church. Yeah. And so if, if you have... If you have big boobs and they make fun of you because you have big boobs, look what Elvira did with her big boobs. Make it work for you. Celebrate it, you know. And just remember, this is just my personal opinion. I don't believe in God, but I do believe in you. And you are here and you are amongst these amazing people who come together. And anyone who walks out their door looking like a visual terrorist is a hero to me. So you, you're slaying it too. Thank you. Sorry, hold on. Holy shit. Thank Don't you so run your eye makeup. Shirt. I know, I worked so hard on it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I love Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for the question. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm, I don't know if this works. Um, so as a child, I was bullied a lot. Uh, I moved a lot, so I never really had a lot of friends. Uh, and, uh, we moved every like four years or so, uh, and I even had people that when I would go to the bus stop, they would just punch me. Not for any reason, I don't even know why. Um, so when I would come home crying, my mother would sit me down and we would watch movies together. And she showed me first like really campy horror movies because I think she was afraid that I was gonna be really, really scared. And it sort of turned me on to horror movies. And uh, there was a time when after that I I really wanted to watch more adult horror movies, but I was still too young, I think. So I convinced my mother to go to a G movie, and I told her I was gonna go to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> so I snuck out, and I snuck into Jason, the first movie, Friday the 13th. Because <laughs> I was convinced that I was fucking old enough to watch this, and I wasn't gonna be scared. Uh, and I walked down the aisle, and it was really super quiet, and it was a <laughs> kind of moment. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everybody screamed. And I hadn't even sat down yet, and I screamed my fool head off, and I pissed my pants. <laughs> Just be real here for a minute. Uh, and I ran out of the theater, uh, and my mom, who was really mad at me, said, see, that's what you get. <laughs> but um, my question is, uh, well, actually, my, my, my response to that is, um, uh, it was really, really scary, but it also made me realize that horror was both scary and hilarious at the same time, because my mother couldn't stop laughing, and eventually I couldn't stop laughing. Well, that's what um, horror is. It's, right. it's a lion is dangerous, but when it's at the zoo, it is, and it's, it's being able to face fear when you know that right. you'll be safe. And my parents were the same way. I always wanted to, to rent the howling, but they would give me Transylvania 5000 or Repossessed with Linda Blair. So, and honestly, that's scarier. Uh, uh, Repossessed is one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> Jim and Tammy Faye Baker are in it, for Christ's sake. And that's scary. So I guess what my question really is, is um, not only thank you for making campy and horror together be an amazing thing where I was both scared and laughing at the same time, but what was the first horror experience that made you pee your pants and laugh at the same time? Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> I mean, this generation will find that movie to be very campy. But that half zombie and tar man, and it scared the living shit out of me. And, and, and to, I always show it to younger kids and they just laugh through the whole thing. But 
it still scares me. And uh, Sleepaway Camp Part Two, Night of the Demons. Uh, um, uh, we could go, we could go on, girl. These are all real punk rock. <laughs> and For season yeah. seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn. It changed my life because it was really like, Scary. what is this? And it basically is just a remake of Evil Dead, but fun and campy. You know, it's wild, and I loved that. And scary. And scary. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what it was for me. I mean, I think any Ed Wood movie. I, I saw Ed Wood, and I mean, I was just like, what? Yeah. So that was a long time ago. But, uh, and I don't think I, I didn't see uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space at first. I saw Glenn or Glenda. I just had to watch it over a thousand times, just going, "Is this for real?" <laughs> That was awesome. So anyway, I don't know if that qualifies as horror, but it sort of oh, did back I think then. So, yeah, for sure. Hi. Hi. Um, I. Uh, all of you are. All three of you are huge inspirations to me, and I uh, just like to thank all of you for uh, everything that you've done thank for you. me. And, thank you. And uh, I've I've never met Sharon before, and I was really nervous to be right here. Well, boo. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'd just like to ask, uh, what is your favorite horror movie death, or what is your favorite way to see people die in horror movies? <laughs> um, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, when the model gets forced with the food out of the refrigerator. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's my favorite one. <laughs> Or Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, when the, the girl who uh, lifts the weights, arms that's break, four. and she becomes... Oh, four. that's four. <laughs> Four, when the, she, uh, her arms break off and she becomes a cockroach yeah. and gets put in a roach hotel and is smashed by Freddy Krueger. <laughs> to piggyback on Sharon, I think Nightmare on Elm oh, Street Oh, don't do that. <laughs> to bear back That happened Sharon. one time. Uh, <laughs> we've done it more than once. Uh, well, I... Um, <laughs> I think that the Freddy Krueger kills are like some of the best and Dream Warriors with the uh, heroin addict and the sucking lips and the, the, the marionette puppet with the veins. That was the movie where it was like, you can murder people like this? I'm in. And I you know, would fantasize at night about like, maybe I, you could kill someone this way or, you know, but those Nightmare on Elm Street kills are really just so wild and creative. But I also have to say, because I'm going to feel bad if I don't put this out there, that my favorite kill of all time is um, Sleepaway Camp Part 2 and she's shoved in the porta potty and drowned in shit. That one's really good. Of course good it death. is. Uh, mine, I don't know. God, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, there would be like attacks by a killer shrew or something like that, you know, from 100 years ago. But uh, I don't know. I, I had this thing, this special little thing about Damien the Omen, too. And she's, it's me, Damien. Look at me. Oh, yeah. Who I, I played in my That's video, really Call Me on the Ouija Board. Like, oh, my God. That woman was such a stunt one. queen, though. She's just like, over here, boom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Also, there's that scene where Jason uh, finds the people fucking in the sleeping bag, and he, he wraps it up and then swings it around really fast and then smashes it against the tree. I love that. That's or or, or uh, Jason takes Manhattan, where he takes the girl in the sauna and takes the hot rocks and melts yes. and melts through her back it's to her fabulous. stomach. It's so good times. <laughs> So that's Friday the 13th. I have to get out of here soon. Friday the 13th, part seven is the sleeping bag. Part eight takes Manhattan. So check those out. Any of that. Yeah. Romantic. 
Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. Well, we are a question. One, one last one. Uh, last question. Hey guys, what's up? So this just popped in my head, but I just have a quick story. My boyfriend every day wakes up and does a little routine. Uh, one day I was waking up and half asleep, and he goes, "Babe, babe, you got to check this out." And all of a sudden, I hear this gruesome scream, like from his phone. Have you guys heard of Scary Flicks? Of Scary Place? Scary Flicks. Scary Flicks. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's like an Instagram account. But my question is, do you guys basically have any uh, routine that you do outside of drag or outside of your professional life that revolves around staying in the horror scene? Mm, I make soup, watch Jeopardy, and masturbate. <laughs> I'm sorry, was that not in the form of a question? That's perfect. I cannot top that. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) So I don't know if I understand the question. Is it that what do we do when we're not doing horror stuff? Behind the scenes, what do you do outside of your professional life? Do you do something every day? Oh, um, I'm uh, exercise. No. (laughs) (laughs) I eat healthy and go to the gym. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, w- I wish I did all that, meditate, whatever. But um, yeah, no, I I tend to. I mean, I think a lot of us tend to kind of let our lives be consumed by work. But yeah. probably the the thing that I like doing the most is just hanging out with my partner and and relaxing and seeing a movie or going to dinner or you know maybe you know going on a trip or something. You know, <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's really boring answer. Yeah, but but yeah, just having. Quiet time, yeah. I just kind of work, work, work. I'm kind of thinking of myself now more as a businesswoman than a performer because most of the time I'm just uh, okaying deals and having meetings and trying to come up with the next thing. And so I'm kind of boring, kind of like a work. And not only does she come up with the next best thing, but she's known as the queen of Halloween. She's known as the mistress of the dark, but this witch right here is the queen of merchandise. You can't walk a block in any major city without seeing an Elvira pinball machine or Elvira in the casinos, t-shirts, leggings, magnets, wine glasses. If she can put her face on it, she's done it. She is the queen of being self-reliant and putting her face on absolutely (laughs) every piece of China-made garbage this world has to offer. (laughs) I'm working on mini pads now. Thank you guys. There was Elvira coffee at one point. There is. It's a, Which you it's should drink right black. Is, it, is yeah. there still Elvira coffee? There's Elvira beer. Coffee. Elvira it's amazing. Beer. Yeah. Elvira, yeah. Yeah, well, no, just about everything. Well, part of that, I have to thank my licensing person, Scott Marcus, who's out is he? here. He's, He's here. Oh, if anybody he wants to do merchandise, uh, find Scott Marcus. But I just have to tell this story once. You told me about there being Elvira coffee. And I was like, well, how is it? And you said, it's double delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Thank you. We're not on stage. Uh, <laughs> I was just wondering if it's good. <laughs> well, I'm afraid we've reached that witching hour. Uh, but I want to say for anybody who grew up watching horror movies and was made to feel like an outsider and feel weird or like you weren't enough or that you were a strange kid, these are three people here who prove that not only can you find yourself, but you can take back the damn night because they three did it. So, my deepest thanks to Cassandra, Elvira, Sharon Needles, and Peaches Christ. 
Happy Halloween! <laughs>